0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back inside the Horseshoe for the Monday after Ohio State 56, Indiana 14. Uh, You know the crew by now. That's the 40-year vet, Tim May. That's Andy Backstrom. I'm Spencer Holbrook. Uh, Fellas, let's talk about this game uh, on a 37-degree, partly sunny, uh, but kind of cold uh, Monday morning, the Monday after Ohio State 56, Indiana 14. Tim, uh, first thoughts on the rewatch, Tim?
1: Well, first thought is they didn't turn the heat on in here. So it's it's literally the same temperature as when we stood here uh what was that uh, 48 hours ago or 40 40 hours ago. Yep. So I've got that uh, bone to pick with my buddy Larry. Uh, first thought is Ohio State hammered Indiana. Yes. Uh, yeah, they left the they left the first string in for that fourth quarter uh, to get uh, Cam Babb a touchdown. You got to believe that was part and parcel to it. <laughs> Brian they said they put the first string back in there because Indiana just scored. Well, Indiana just scored because Ohio State muffed it, second straight punt. Poor Reese Stocksdale. I hope he gets over that. Yeah. Uh, whether we'll see him again this season in that kind of role, I doubt it. You yeah. know, it, he had a tough two uh, punch there, but what a great young man he is. And, of course, he's Marvin Harrison Jr.'s best friend. And, uh, you know, Marvin Harrison Jr. was the guy that gave him some uh, a little bit of uh, we we're gonna come some encouragement he's coming off the field and he kept going, No, it's mine. So I did. I did watch the replay. Uh but what stood out was for the most part how Ohio State's offensive line and defensive line carried the day. I mean, we're in charge about ninety-five percent of the time. There were some times and we'll get to that in a minute. But that is big uh at this moment in in a season. But I keep telling everybody that was against Indiana, one of the worst teams in the country. You think it's the worst. I think, FBS team in the country.
0: No, Worst Power 5.
1: Worst Power 5, excuse me. Worst Power 5 team in the country, which makes him in the running for one of the worst FBS teams in the country. So uh, that's my take on that. Is Ohio State handled business like it should have? Andy?
2: Yeah, it's kind of like when you play an FCS team. You're supposed to win by a ton, and if you do, it's not good on you. It's, well, you should have done that. So even though Ohio State played pretty well and talked about the offensive line playing, a lot better and having a little bit of a statement game. All five of those starting offensive linemen had PFF offensive grades over seventy. But again, people will say, "Well, it's against Indiana," so it's one of those things we'll they'll have to prove it and prove it and prove it again. Yeah. But overall, they played pretty well, and uh, the short yardage situation is something that Ryan Day is still frustrated about. But in watching it back again, there was really only a couple times where they didn't convert on traditional running situations. Yeah. The one that we were talking <laughs> about was that fourth and one, actually. Down in the red zone where Dallin Hayden couldn't get the first down there. That's probably the one he's thinking about that sticks out. But in reality, they weren't that bad. Like, mine Williams had two conversions on third down before he got hurt. <laughs> one went to the house. One went to the house. That was a third and one. He took 48 yards to the end zone. So, overall, not as bad as it sounded like in those short yardage situations. I just
1: think a few that stuck out to me. Yeah, and, 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 and the Mitch Rossi inside handoff, all oh, that broken eye. Was was a short yards play, which I know. I'm thinking that's the one that really bothered Ryan Day because Tim, you know, they 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 got nothing. I mean, they they got
0: there was so much penetration on that play; it was crazy. That play was blocked play side. I drew up a little diagram, put it on the Letterman Lives message board on the rewatch. I I posted a lot of things on there that I noticed the second time watching through. That play was blocked well play side. The left side of the line moved guys, and there was a hole for Mitch Rossi. And when he was coming he dart, just get if he was darting across. That was on the two tight ends on the right side of the offensive line who just completely got blown up yeah. by former Ohio State commit and true freshman Indiana defender Desan McCullough. I mean <laughs> backside. The moment. Backside, do your job. Yeah. And you convert a first down there. Mitch Rossi's probably still running because that there was a there was a crease.
1: It, it, you, know and, what,
0: you make a good point there though. Fourth
1: and one against Florida in the national championship game back in 2000 2006 season. Woo, time machine. Guy comes backside. Alex Boone basically didn't touch him or barely touched him. He tackles Beanie Wells. If Beanie Wells had gotten to the hole, he might have run 10 yards before anybody hit him. But you've always got to take care of the of the front. You know what I mean? No matter what. I mean, you're, like you're just pointing out. It's it's a it's a it's a true team game up there. Yep. You, this can be well blocked, but you still got to get there.
0: Yep, Back. and you know, so that's the backside issue. My big issue right now with the, with the short yardage situation is, so I've bounced around on what, who the culprit is, what the problem is. Here's where I've landed. Uh-oh. Ohio State averages 10 yards of play against Indiana out of whatever it's doing spread-wise. Third and one, it brings in the heavies, goes completely flip of its identity, and tries to get a yard. Well, if you're averaging 10 yards of play on every other play except for the one you go heavy on, the hell are you going heavy for? Because you can get 10 if you can get nine, 10 yards of play. To prove a point. Yeah, it's to prove a point. I understand that to move the earth. But you don't have to prove a point if the point doesn't need proven. You're proving that you can get nine, 10 yards of play on every other play. So I don't Is know. Is Muhammad
1: going to go to the mountain, or the mountain going to come to Muhammad?
0: I don't know if the heavy. I'm just trying to
1: throw all my cliches in there.
0: I can I can hear that. Uh, I don't know if the the heavies are the the solution to getting those those short yarded situations. They Wait, can, can, I, can be. Can, they can be, but they don't have to be. Can I interrupt? I
1: agree with you 100. percent I mean, put five guys down in there and, and 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 array your 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 wide receivers and with a running back. Now defense, what are you going to do? Because this is one of the more accurate quarterbacks I've ever seen in history uh, who can throw a slant on the, on the numbers about as well as I've seen in history. Uh, who can You can have the whatever. I mean, there are all kinds of options open to you. Why try to why try to uh, hit that nail? You know, when you don't necessarily have to hit that nail. I, I'm with you 100%. But there is something to, as, as Ryan Day said, and we were all talking about after the Michigan game a year ago, there's something about just showing you're the toughest guy on the block. Uh, Michigan did that last year in the second half of that game Michigan was the toughest team in the stadium and that's that's stuck in this team's cross definitely stuck in Ryan Day's cross why he made all these changes you know and uh, and you understand why he's doing it but boy when there's a season on the line get it the best way you can get it right I mean I think that's the point you're making
0: yeah uh, you know if Tennessee had a third and one or fourth and one Heupel's not going to bring out three tight ends and six offensive linemen and try to mash it down somebody's throat he's going to do what he does yeah. best oh, offense guy. so you know and i'm not saying that josh Heupel is is amazing it's just one example i i'm i'm hesitant to to believe that ohio state should only go heavy in third and fourth and one uh i don't know where you land on this Andy but it, it kind of stuck out to me that you don't always have to be in you know 11 guys up tight to get a third and fourth and one
2: yeah i agree with you i mean we looked at the way that Ohio State spreads teams out. There was one play against Indiana where they lined up Julian Fleming wide, wide outside. We talked about this play at first. We saw him lying out there. What is he doing out there? Of course, comes in on a slant. CJ Stroud hits him perfectly in stride. Goes for like 12 yards. Yeah. And that's a play there, yeah. You line up on third and one. Maybe you stretch them out instead of you know, trying to line up in a heavy. But I do think kind of what Tim's saying, like it's to prove a point and ryan day admitted that that it's some stubbornness he was yep. asked about it he's like yeah i want to prove a point and i think that part of that is going the whole season preparing for michigan a little bit at a time and wanting to be prepared for that game regardless of what the weather is regardless of how tough you have to be to win to be able to convert in those situations so maybe it's a little bit less about how do we convert all of our third downs against indiana <coughs> and more so about how do we prepare for situations like that against michigan so i think that's partly what it is and part of its stubbornness but i agree with you that you could have more variety because if you do, then you're probably going to be more successful when you do go to the heavies. Yeah.
1: And if you jump into that box with everybody against Michigan, you you know, you're kind of playing – you're kind of letting Michigan dictate, you know, for example, yes, what you're all about yep. as opposed to you dictating what you're all about. I mean, this team is all about, man, just having the most wide-open passing offense you've ever seen. That's what this team is all about. And running the ball, spreading the field, and running the ball between those creases. Yep. You know, uh, uh, and I, I, don't, I don't know. If the, it had to bother. Of course, it did. It bothered Ryan Day to have so many aspersions cast his team's way at the end of the year last year. He, Like I said, he made all these wholesale changes, especially in the coaching staff, to get that fixed. Uh, but really, you're getting it fixed for maybe two games a year three games a year. Yeah, there are going to be moments when you've got to line up and get one yard. Yep. But that doesn't mean you got to line up and get one yard like Michigan does or like Georgia does or like Alabama does. You can line up and get it the way you do it. And uh, I'm not preaching to him at all because I I thought a lot of this was needed. I thought that team did like a little bit of a uh, crisp, crisp, crispness. That's hard for me to say. Crisp, crispness in real physical situations last year. Anybody could see that. Yep. Uh, but now it's all about getting the W. And we'll, we'll see where it got. I mean, the, where, where you want to prove it, and the reason he got upset is, you know, golly, this is Indiana. We should be able to run almost anything against this defense, which is really poor, as you said. Yep. One of the worst in Power Five, teams in Power Five. And a couple times, or one time in particular, they didn't get it done. And of course, that stuck with him. Because that was a point of emphasis all week yep. after coming out of that Northwestern game.
0: If you're keeping track of home folks, we've mentioned Indiana just three times. We've mentioned Michigan five times and we have not said the word Maryland yet. Maryland. Uh, we're, we're inching closer toward a uh, showdown for the ages as the kids would say uh, here in in the horseshoe here in a couple weeks, but first Ohio State's got to go to Maryland. Um, not a lot defensively to break down. Um, maybe a little bit of quarterback run issues, but I think that was just more on the defensive line getting after uh, the Indiana quarterbacks and, and then breaking a, a little loose. Um, I don't think that's a concern. I was wondering where you guys fell on that on the rewatch. I thought I think it's a non-issue uh, right now, um, but with Talia Tonga and and uh, JJ McCarthy on the schedule, it might become an issue uh, if the Buckeyes can't keep contain. I think that's something worth noting right now.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I don't know where to stand on that because number one, you got to cover. Number two. Uh, I think Jim Knowles is pretty smart. I think yep. he sees some lessons that have been learned, especially against the young man from Toledo, whose name I always dig, De- DaQuan De- Finn. Mm-hmm. Wow, that guy's as good a running quarterback as I've seen this year, except maybe Justin Fields.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, but you know, you got to you got to figure the Detroit Lions uh, harped on Justin Fields being able to run too, and he went to the house. Yeah. That was amazing. Still didn't win the game. But uh, I digress. Uh, yeah. What what. That, that would be a weapon that Michigan would use to keep these drives, these nitpicking drives alive that they like to run and and keep maintaining a, a ball control in that game. They definitely have got to have a handle on that. Uh, this week, I don't think is that kind of a challenge. No. You know, Talia, whoever ends up playing quarterback for Maryland, Talia T- Tungabaloa, whoever ends up playing quarterback for Maryland eventually, uh, I don't think they're that kind of threat. But uh, I didn't think. I didn't think the quarterback got away too much on Saturday, to be honest with you. I mean, he wanted to run. Uh he got he got away a couple of times, but he also got bushwhack <laughs> a couple of times. And that kind of put a little bit of a took a little bit of the edge off of his running. I don't know if you agree or not. Yeah,
0: I think it was just a little bit of that zone read game, Andy.
1: Yeah, and I think one thing you have to consider too is
2: how much do they think they were gonna see of Dexter Williams. Yeah. yeah. Connor Baselack was the starter. Yeah, he's taking the bulk of snaps this year. Yeah, he missed the previous week with an injury, but He was back and he was healthy enough to start. So I don't think any of us expected him to get pulled after the second series. I mean, things weren't going well. Six plays, 10 total yards, two three and outs. And I don't know if Ryan Day and Jim Knowles and the rest of the staff knew that they were going to be getting Dexter Williams in that capacity. So Maybe you don't prepare as much for it, but I think you should always be prepared for the quarterback run. I just don't think that maybe it was emphasized as much as it was. Also,
1: have you ever seen the worst display of passing the ball? Oh yeah, I mean I've seen some worse, but not that was right up there, of just standing and just throwing it. Who cares where it? I mean, that that was hard to watch. I'm talking about from an Indiana standpoint. Uh, Yeah, it was. Wow.
0: Yeah, between Iowa and Indiana, we've seen our fair share of terrible passing. Oh wow. This year, Uh, yeah, Andy, I agree with you. And also, one thing that I'm starting to consider is the fact that Jim Knowles has been okay with giving up a little bit of quarterback run when he's up thirty-five. Or when he's up uh, 28 as long as he's not showing what he's going to do in bigger situations um you know he saw you saw it against toledo daquan finn got loose a little bit Um, they were spying him but i don't think they were doing anything out of the ordinary defensively to you know show how they're going to defend a good quarterback on the run in the running game because they were up so much The same can be said Hmm. you know, against Indiana here on Saturday. I, they stayed basically in, in the base defense, minus a little bit of Jack Sawyer, put a little bit of Jack Sawyer in there uh, on the blitzes, blitzed length and ransom a little bit, just to show that, maybe put that on film uh, for teams to consider here in the future. But a lot of it was base stuff. And so maybe I'm overreacting a little bit. I just thought that the, the read option was an interesting little layer that Ohio State might need to, to make sure is shored up uh, but overall I thought this was probably the best game Ohio State's played in totality since the Michigan State game, Tim.
1: Yeah, you know, he brought Jack Sawyer. I mean his second I think it was his second sack where he they ran a little gambit where a uh, defensive tackle, I'm trying to I remember the defensive tackle. Teron Vincent. Yeah, ran basically flashed across the guard into the tackle uh, uh, area and Sawyer just kinda looped in. It was like it was like one of the great, great blocking plays you're gonna see offensively just looped in and had a straight shot at the quarterback <laughs> i mean jack sawyer stepped it up a notch on saturday without a doubt like i say i'm couching it with who they were going against uh, that was a team very much in disarray on its offensive front you know you you see why the offensive line coach was fired mid-season uh it was just like a hodgepodge of stuff going on from their offensive front i'm talking about the indianas but ohio state definitely took advantage of that and uh, uh, I think the main thing you got that was some guys finally getting their oats. You know what I mean? Yeah. Jack Sawyer finally got the feet at the trough, so to speak. I yeah. mean, we've been expecting this all year, but it's hard for if one guy's having a good game, for another guy to have a good game because the defense is off the field. You know what I yeah. mean? So you go on to the next deal. Uh, uh, Tunga Valo, I mean, uh, <laughs> JT Tui Molowowow, I'm getting, getting my names mixed up there. J.T. Tuimola, I think, looked pretty good on Saturday, as much as he played and stuff. Uh, and then Teron Vincent continued his tour. I think Teron Vincent is having a uh, second half of probably his final season at Ohio State. Yeah. Right. I think he's having a tremendous tour so far, and uh, we'll see if he can step that up. Because if he does, man, it changes everything. It changes everything for that defense.
0: Andy, it's interesting because Teron Vincent, actually, a guy that I came into this show wanting to talk about. Thank you, Tim. I appreciate You're that. Andy. He has a, I'm just going to say, he has a poor PFF grade. I think it's 60. I think he's been two games in the thirties. And I think that's because sometimes I love PFF and sometimes I hate it because Teron Vincent takes on more double teams than maybe any player in the country right now, just because of the way this defense runs. He's, he's, he's attacking guard tackle, center guard a lot. Yep. And eating those up and making plays for other guys. He deserves a lot of credit here. Um, but the numbers don't really, really show that right now.
2: Yeah, and I think there's obviously confidence in because you know the staff has been rolling with him, playing consistently 50 or more snaps. Yeah. Michael Hall's snaps have been going down, and I know he's been dealing with a bit of an injury too. So I think that's part of it. But the rest of that defensive line is rotated pretty heavily. But Teron Vincent's kind of an anchor in there right now, and I think part of that is because he draws those double teams. Jack Sawyer said that they thank him profusely for yeah. that. And I think that's very real and that doesn't show up in the stat sheet and when you're playing into your defensive line, often what, most of what you do doesn't show up in the stat sheet. So the numbers for defensive tackles are hard to read a lot of the time anyway. I think yeah. that the number of snaps he's been playing consistently of late shows just how well he's playing and how much confidence the Ohio State staff has. In it's
0: him. very apparent too, Tim, that they kind of paired the rotation down a little bit. Yeah. I uh, saw Ty Hamilton in there more. Hey, like,
1: I, I like Ty Hamilton. I, I think he's playing really well. Game.
0: Uh, you saw more J.T. <laughs> Molowell, Zach Harrison, Jack Sawyer than you did of Tyler Friday, Javante Jean Baptiste, uh, even the guy that was getting some snaps earlier in the year, Caden Curry. You know, th- you're starting to see that rotation pared down a little bit, and I think that's on purpose. After we, you know, a lot of people asked Ryan Day about it this week. Uh, yeah, but
1: we also don't know. You know, they keep saying things so tight from an injury standpoint oh yeah, or banged sure. up standpoint. Yep. We also some of those guys I'm feeling have been dealing with some things that we're not being made privy to.
0: So but, some maladies, if you Some will.
1: maladies, that's the word I use. Yeah, yeah. so,
0: yeah. okay. And oh, I by it, the way,
1: bring up, bring up one more name. Cam uh, Brown had a tremendous game on Saturday. Yes. Now they weren't facing the Ohio State wide receiver core. <laughs> you don't <laughs> let's, say. Let's put that on paper, or let's put that out in the airwaves or wherever this is, digital. Uh, but he had a tremendous game on Saturday with one with exception of one play, and that one play, He was there, he just didn't quite fight up through the ball, you know, like you have to against these big tight ends. You know, y'all kept saying, and, you know, rightly so, he got Moss sort of on that play, but he was there uh, and made a great effort to break up that play. That guy made a tremendous catch.
0: Guy was just six inches taller than him, took it out of his hands.
1: And it's funny, not funny, haha, it's funny, that's one of their two touchdowns. You (laughs) know what I mean? Uh, And their other touchdown uh, after Reese Stocksdale muffed his second punt uh, down here. It's interesting because Indiana ran a play that I keep expecting Ohio State to run, and I'm trying to remember whether they lined up specifically in that uh, bunch formation out wide, or if a guy came from the from the inside out on it. But anyway, the Ohio State safety on that side—I'm not going to name a name because it was hard for me to get the number off of watching the video again—they just jumped. They jumped the wide screen, and all the guys—the the the, the the three guys—the one guy stood back for the wide screen. The other two guys ran routes, and the, the guy ran the inside little, little basically quick post cut. Nobody picked up because the guy that was supposed to would have been there for him had jumped the wide screen. I keep waiting for Ohio State to run that exact same play, uh, meaning you take that uh, you take that bunch and explode it like a hand grenade, and guys go everywhere, and a guy's wide open. I think that's coming. <clears throat> I think anybody who scouts Ohio State maybe think that's coming, but you still got to jump the widescreen if you think is happening but that was a great example of where this ohio state offense can go it's just that indiana ran it and yeah. uh, and got their second touchdown well executed play so I, I guarantee that sticks in uh uh jim knows craw crawl a little bit as he watched the video
0: so we've got cameron brown as a a mention on this i wrote about lathan ransom being a thorpe award threat uh i Did think we talk he, about him yet not yet but uh we've got plenty of week to talk yeah, about him building golly. up uh, kind guys of play raved about him on LettermanRoad.com. Go check that out right now. But we can't get past this Indiana game without talking about Cameron Babb. Uh, I was asked about him on the radio this morning. It's He's been the talk of the town for the last two days. Um, to see what he's gone through the last few years, Tim, I, I put it in perspective, Tim, he's been rehabbing longer than I've been on the beat, Yeah, uh, which is crazy. I don't, you know, It's not about me at all, uh, but I, it just gave me it gave me a little perspective of, you You're know, so
1: humble. Go ahead.
0: It gave me a little perspective, Tim, of like, okay, here's how long I've been here. He's been rehabbing yes. for longer than that. So it just allowed
1: Except for like three months a year. Yeah, it just yeah.
0: allowed me to kind of take a step back and realize what he's been through. Andy, you you did a good job, you know, not being around Cameron Babb a lot, but then being able to tell his story. Uh what did you think uh seeing Cameron Babb and the celebration that Ohio State gave him after his touchdown?
2: Yeah, I mean it doesn't take long to be around him to kind of get an idea of what kind of person he is and how selfless he is and he talked about his faith extensively and how much this meant to him to be able to praise God and and I think that was all a beautiful moment and you could just see his teammates that celebration went well into that Indiana drive yeah and they did not care about the 15-yard penalty and they should not care at all about that 15-yard penalty
1: because kind of a stupid there's times to. throw the flag yeah I thought to. about that too it was like <clears throat>
2: yeah it wasn't really
1: excessive it decorum was, yeah it was. they got to keep their decorum right yeah. it was a moment they
2: needed to celebrate and I think it was well deserved and long awaited but I think you know hey that was
1: a pretty good route too I oh yeah really yeah you kind of <laughs> undersell that that was a good play. and the plant leg was the one with the big you know the big Race. brace on it I mean you're you're exactly right
2: yeah, yeah. I mean like again He was asked afterwards, like, where do you go from here? I don't know how many snaps he's going to play after this. He might not get another catch in his career, but even if he doesn't, that's a moment. And they all talked about this. It's a moment that you're going to always remember.
1: Yeah, and and I I got goosebumps as you were just bringing it up because, I mean, you know how much this guy has worked, Uh, you know. And and then when he and CJ were talking about after the game, post game, there was a lot. uh, Half of their, maybe three-quarters of what they were talking about was just their faith in the Lord, faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, and for some people, that's you know that goes in one ear and out the other. For some people, it really strikes home and stuff. But you, what you got to remember about these, about a lot of athletes who have a a big faith uh, component, is there are dark moments. There are dark moments that these guys have, especially guys who are dealing with injury, like Cam Babb I've, I've I've never been around a situation of a player who who kept getting knocked down and kept getting up like this guy has. And uh, you gotta have, when you're sitting there all by yourself with like a machine, you know, simulating your leg to, to grow back stronger, you know, after a doctor's put it back together again for the fourth time on uh, your knee, you gotta have something to lean on other than just, I wanna play again. I mean, and you understand where he's going with that. Yep. And uh, and some people take umbrage with that, but I totally understand that. Uh, and. And to have two buddies standing there who feel exactly the same way about it—CJ Stroud and Cam Babbin and other guys—every every player came out of that tunnel on Saturday and took a knee down there, an extended knee, uh, praying to whatever you know it is they believe, and then came on and started the game. And this is a brutal game, it is, and there are so few high moments for so many for so many players that when you see a guy just have that moment, it it touches you, man.
0: One thing that I will remember about that moment is after the press conference with Cameron Babb and and C.J. Stroud, uh, I'd say a friend of the show, Clay Hall from ABC6, was talking to Cameron Babb. And C.J. Stroud was already done with his media stuff, and instead of going back down to the locker room, C.J. Stroud stood there with Cameron Babb didn't say a word, didn't answer any questions, and just allowed Cameron Babb to have that moment on TV.
1: I stood there and watched that. I mean, it and was it was, it was was striking.
0: I know that this is more about Cameron Babb than it is CJ Stroud, but that kind of tells you those two in particular, that's who they are. Like, it, it's not, you know, CJ, you know, thanks God before every press conference, before every time he talks to us, uh, after every pass that he throws even. Um, and that, that's not an act that's not a you know a show it, it's real and it doesn't and, mean you
1: can't have an edge to about you either absolutely I mean, you know what I mean?
0: yeah you're no you're no patsy so i just think it's really it was a really really cool moment um and for the people who stuck around in the horseshoe to watch that that butt kicking and then to get rewarded almost by being able to yeah. to be in that moment with cameron babb uh i just thought it was awesome um uh, and i think that'll be the moment of the year whether this team hoists the cfp trophy or not uh i I just think that that you know that that's something that people will remember for a really long time especially Cameron Cameron Babb who who has fought through so much. I, I just I thought we needed to touch on that before we get on to Maryland.
1: Yeah, I agree with you 100% and uh, it'll be if they win the national championship it'll be one of the moments of the year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's let's don't get too far over the over the top here, but you're exactly right and uh, uh, because everybody there has been we talked about this on Saturday. Everybody there uh, they've elected Cameron Babb a captain, and whether he was going to play Twice, exactly, yeah. and whether he was going to play or not, was totally up in the air. But it just shows you what kind of an influence he has, yeah. and uh, that's good to have on your football team. All right. That's all I got to say about that.
0: So four days from now, we'll head to Maryland. Uh, in between there, we've got plenty of coverage at Lettermanrow.com, fellas. Uh, I don't first take on Maryland. First, take on Maryland. They got
1: to beat thirty to nothing on Saturday by
0: Penn State. Andy, this is an interesting matchup. Uh, Michigan obviously welcomes Illinois into the Big House this week for a, their look-ahead spot. Ohio State's got to go on the road, excuse me, to College Park for their look-ahead spot. Uh, is this a opportunity or a, you know, a chance for Ohio State to slip up? How, how are you feeling on this fine Monday morning?
2: I don't think it's the trap game at all. And I think Maryland, if you look early in the season and, and you're like, okay, maybe that game down in College Park is gonna yes. be a little bit interesting. But if you've watched it all Maryland the last couple of weeks, I think that this is, I mean, Northwestern played them close. Um, Tim just said Penn State beat them 30 to nothing. I know they'll be at home, but it's not looking like the same Maryland team we saw at the start of the year that was, you know, sniffing around the AP4.
1: Yeah, neither one of these trap games we were looking at a couple, of three weeks ago, Ohio, I mean, Ohio State at Maryland which is, obviously everybody remembers that 2018 game over there. It was crazy.
0: <laughs> the last time Ohio State played over there.
1: Exactly. Uh, and then Michigan, Illinois, looked a hell of a lot like a better game two, a couple of weeks ago than it does now. Yep. And uh, But you still got to take care of it, man. Ohio State's on the road. Uh, when they've had their stumbles, if they've been on the road, uh, we all know that. Heck, I mean, you know, it was a week ago, a week and a half ago Northwestern. You never know what the weather's going to kick in, what what's going to be there. But uh, yeah, I, I agree with Andy. I think Ohio State takes care of business in this game. Uh, hopefully, uh, they take care of their starters too in this game. If in fact they can take care of some business, because you know you're up forty points on Saturday, and you do want to get uh, Cam Babb that touchdown. But you got your starters. You got the Heisman Trophy front runner in the game middle of the fourth quarter. Yeah. That's pretty damn late in a game like that. And I think everybody recognizes that. But CJ Stroud did get his. Let's put it that way. Five yeah. touchdown passes, almost 300 yards passing. So
0: that's the balance here is you, you need to go over there and win. If you win by one, no one cares. If you win by 50, no one cares. I,
1: I don't know if you well, win here, by one, no one cares. Here, care.
0: Listen, this is We're what a this lot is of the, care going on. I guess I can't make a point then. The point I'm trying to make is...
1: Don't make a point, but nobody's going to care. is is crazy. We're going to be asking all kinds of questions.
0: The point I'm just trying to make is if you win, it doesn't matter because you're trying to win to get to Michigan. You know, just win and keep your starters healthy. If you come I understood back, understood the
1: point you were making. If
0: you come, if you land back at at uh, John Glenn International Airport with a one point win and all your starters healthy, people are going to still talk about the Michigan game. No one's going to talk about the Maryland game.
1: Yeah, but how are they going to be talking about that Michigan game after you just won by one at Maryland, a team that got beat thirty to nothing the week before at Penn I guess State? Guess I'll just shut up then. Well, exactly. I mean, we're we're not going to be sitting there going, well, all is well." I don't.
0: I, I don't think I, I, that's not the point I'm making, Tim. The point I'm making is go over to Maryland, get a win and, and keep your starters healthy. And then, you know, roll the helmets out here on the field in the horseshoe. That's yeah. all I'm trying to well, say. Well,
1: here, here's that. the point you should have made. I and mean, you know, you and I, we, we go at each other all the time. Absolutely. The point you should have made is, uh, if they get if they go over to Maryland and win by one, but then they come back here and beat Michigan, no one's going to care about that, Mich- about that Maryland game. That's I think the that point. was kind of implied. Yeah. Oh, well, oh, yeah. yeah, but it, yeah.
0: okay. Uh, you don't have to agree. That's fine. Um, no, but that's two weeks from now when we'll be going. Who cares about Maryland? Yeah. But,
1: but a week from now, if they get, if they win by one at Maryland, we're all going to be asking questions. I'm telling you. Even Andy. Right okay.
0: Now. Here. F- fine. Okay. Stop. We're going to cut this. If they win by fourteen and come back home with their starters healthy, no one's going to give a I agree. Hundred percent. Four letter word. What they did at Maryland. You got to beat Michigan. Is, is it is everybody fair? Is that fair? Yes. Okay. Sweet. So. Yeah. I might have some of course. Maryland. Uh, good passing game, bad defense, um, not really much else to say. Are you intri- as intrigued as I am to see about this Ohio State running game the week before Michigan?
2: Absolutely. I mean, that's what we're all probably going to watch is just how well can they run. And also I want to see who's running the ball for them. Yeah. I want to see <laughs> is Trayvon Henderson healthy or is he going to miss third streaking? I want to see how many carries does Dallin Hayden get? Do they trust him more after this past week's performance where he went over 100 yards and had 19 carries? Is Mayan Williams healthy enough to go? How serious is that injury? These are all questions that need to be answered, and I don't know how many answers we'll get at Maryland because a few of those guys could be late scratches, and we might not exactly know what the situation is. I
1: was going to say I want to ask you guys a question. What do you? Mayan Williams clearly would be better served, you know, if if he's got a sprained ankle, which I'm understanding that might be the case, would be better served probably not playing this week. Travion Henderson's got that toe – Toe sprain, foot sprain, he's been dealing with forever, uh, might be better served. Do you think the running back rotation could be Dallin Hayden, uh, uh, uh Xavier Johnson, who have we have we even said his name today? Who uh-huh. had a tremendous game on Saturday? Xavier Johnson and Chip Trainum. Do you think that could be their their three backs? Their I pair and a spare?
0: I absolutely believe that could be the three backs, and I don't think Ohio State would have a, an issue yeah. getting over Maryland with that. Xavier Johnson runs harder than anyone on this roster. Uh, I, I'm okay. Wait,
1: harder than mine, Williams?
0: I'm talking about relative to oh, his, oh, oh, really? you know, yeah, because yeah. You, you saw that run. Like, yeah. nobody was stopping Xavier Johnson yeah. out there. That was a hard run, and he, he, again, he looked like Barry Sanders. Oh, my God. Uh, it was crazy. So, you know, he's the hardest runner relative to the talent level. Or yeah, where the, the you. Sc- you know the the acumen on on this roster i i could see him getting 10 15 carries down hayden 10 15 carries get Chip Trainum with a few carries in case emergency roll break glass if training's available also and you right, got it right, and you yeah. know you have to trot him out there against michigan and then roll the dice with your best two running backs on the field against michigan mine williams is better served i think over in the training room at the woody hayes athletic center on saturday yeah. afternoon than he is uh, you know, getting five carries and maybe taking some warm up snaps. I agree 100%.
1: That's why I brought uh, it up.
0: In College Park. So, Andy, great point. I am super intrigued to see who runs the ball this week. I think the entire city of Columbus is waiting to see who runs the ball this week. And maybe they're just waiting on the Letterman Row availability report at 9 a.m. on Saturday. Yeah, and
1: also, Emeka Iguko, you know, I think we're all curious about, you know, if he has any long term or.
0: Oh, I don't mean to cut you off. He did return a punt after that hit, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I'm not sure what what the deal is there if he was just if his time was done or if you know there is something there but he did return a punt after that hit yeah
1: but i'm just going on what i was hearing you know yeah. after the game i'm not going on you know that kind of situation because we've seen guys come back into games and whatever uh but uh the bottom line is this this is a game you this is where i agree with you on one thing you want to win by more than one but this is a game you just want to win yep i agree with that you that's the turn point that i'm upside down make it a W, and and move on and that's exactly that's exactly their intent this week. But I still think they can get some big things done. I think defensively, they, as uh, John Cooper used to say, they scratch where uh, where Maryland itches on offense. I'm I'm really interested to see how uh, this defensive front attacks Maryland because I think it's uh, it's there for the getting, so to speak.
0: We will be there to watch Ohio State try to get it, I guess, against Maryland. Uh, full coverage of that at lettermanrow.com all week and then full coverage leading into the game next week Thanksgiving weekend that's the 40-year vet Tim May that's Andy Backstrom fellas I am cold I'm ready to be back inside get, maybe get some coffee on me so for Andy for Tim I'm Spencer thanks for watching thanks for listening head to the Letterman Lounge message board and check out lettermanrow.com $10 until next August new deal on the table Tim that's still uh, a hell of a deal I agree that's that, a dollar a month that's uh a month? yeah that's coverage of uh, the game, that's coverage of Big Ten Championship, college football playoff possibly, uh, National Signing Day, spring practice, all the way through, uh, you know, we get into Big Ten media days, and then it's August 31st, and so you get the full training camp experience with Letterman Row, and, and you get the Letterman R- Lounge message board. So $10 for all of that, that's a hell of a deal. Uh, again, Tim, Andy, Spencer, Monday after Ohio State 56, Indiana 14. We'll see you guys in the Woody Hayes Athletic Center on Tuesday for a Ryan Day press conference and the practice report.